What's up and welcome into the lead block. Happy Friday, everybody. My name is Tyler Walters alongside Matthew Anderson. Matthew, how you doing? Doing great on this wet occasion. It is it's been pouring rain for like six months in Columbia. So so feel like I'm in Seattle or something. Yeah, it's been crazy for the last month. I think the last like five times we've recorded, I've walked in here with the rain jacket on. <laughs> uh, but uh, whatever. Um, before we get started, make sure you're following the show uh, on Twitter and Instagram at the lead underscore block. Go follow Matthew while you're at it at Matt the Chosen One with the number one and myself at Tyler Walter CNR. Uh, we're gonna start. We got some. We got some more pro sports talk today. A uh, little little South Carolina, a little college stuff, but we're gonna start with this new NFL CBA. So we're recording on Thursday morning, uh, which we usually record on Thursday nights, but we're, as of this morning at like, I don't know, 9 o'clock, I saw an ESPN report from Jeff Darlington. Uh, so the language for the new NFL CBA is has been finalized, and players are now voting on it. So as of, they're voting on it, as of yesterday, as you're listening, they start voting on it. Um, they sent out all the whatever... They need to send paperwork to vote. Ballots or whatever. Yeah. And voting closes on March 12th at 11.59 yeah. so a week from now. So that's next Thursday. But basically the two, the few big things in the new CBA, we won't talk too much about it yet because it's not finalized. We'll talk about it more whenever it gets done. Um, CBA talk does get kind of boring at some point because it's yeah. just legal work. But how it changes stuff for you as the, as the, uh, as the fan is – the NFL in this new CBA, there's proposed that the NFL will add two more playoff teams to the playoffs, um, and then it allows the owners the option to expand the regular season season from 16 to 17 games as early as 2021. So that would be not this season upcoming, but next season. Um, and did you see it would also would eliminate suspensions for positive marijuana tests? I did not see that. So that's what I was looking for. The report I read this morning, I didn't see that in, but they, they just it was a short summary. But, yeah, that's something that's also I know players have been pushing for for, well, years now. They tried to push for it, I think, a little bit in the last CBA and didn't make a whole lot of ground. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I don't – how do you feel about the new two two more teams, two playoffs? It doesn't really bother me too much. And from a financial aspect, I actually would – I think it would be really great for, like, the, the players that are not the guys at the top of the, the notch or whatever, but the guys who are basically on the, like, league minimum and stuff like that because with this new agreement, what is it? The players will get 47% of the league revenue. Yeah. So for more games, you're getting paid more and more. So I actually – it doesn't bother me too much. Uh, and I like football, I guess you say. Yeah, I'm always kind of – I always take the different route when we talk about adding more teams to any sports playoffs. Like – it's some like at what point do you devalue your other than college football? I think we need a little more there. I think four is a bit extreme when you have 130 teams, <laughs> um, but when you have 32 teams and you're talking about putting in nearly half the league, like that to me is a bit much because you're saying basically at the the guys who are going to be take the teams who are going to going to be in those wild card spots at the bottom or like very mediocre teams. Yeah. You're going to be seeing a lot of. Eight and eight, probably a few seven and nine teams at some point. We got close to a seven and nine team this year with the NFC uh, East, yeah. um, with with uh, Dallas and, and Philadelphia, and it didn't quite work. I think whoever made it, uh, the Eagles made it to what eight and eight, right? Not hundred percent sure. And then they might have made it nine and seven, but it was there was a possibility where it could have been seven and nine, and then that closed up. But so we will see a seven and nine team, I think, and it'll probably out of that be out of that division, yeah, uh, because they're just bad for a while and I just don't have a lot of faith in the Cowboys or the Eagles maybe more so the Eagles if they can just stay healthy but the Eagle or the Cowboys I just don't have a lot of faith in them getting above um eight and eight but yeah you make a very good point because like with 32 teams now when you would you when you start like adding extra teams it's like this team shouldn't be in here yeah. but because we're at, because of the revenue whatever the case may be it's like we'll go ahead and bring them in now and yes. so the products will be diluted see that's time. annoying to me because you you're devaluing your playoffs like so now you don't have to work as hard to get in, so why and you know, like you're devaluing the regular season, which yeah. is things that people love to say, you know, about college football is every game matters. Well, every game doesn't really matter in college football. Like, you know, um, Kirk Herbstreit or name, pick your ESPN college football analyst will tell you. Uh, that's not necessarily true. Barrett Salee from... Uh, CBS, who's big, that was his big thing this past year, was every game matters. We don't need more teams in the playoff. Like, yeah, you do, college. You have 130 teams 
and four teams get into the college football <laughs> playoff. It's absurd just to think about that. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, like, you're now taking nearly half the league. Like, it's similar in the NBA. Like, I mean, and people don't seem to care in the NBA. Like, NBA fans don't seem to care. But people don't really tune into those. Those first rounds are pretty much, like, no hype. Yeah. Like, they're just kind of, I mean, they're NBA playoff games, so people watch them, but, like, it really feels like it takes two weeks for the NBA playoffs to even get started. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit more anticipation once the playoffs start, but obviously once you get down to, like, the, the top the top tier teams, that's whenever people really start tuning in. Not to mention, it's the best team versus the worst team. You kind of know who's going to win. Yeah, and I think we talked about this with baseball a while ago. It might have been when uh, when we had uh, Sean Corson on talking, talking the Astros stuff, but... There is the MLB is thinking about expanding the playoffs, and I I don't want it. I don't want it. You already have five teams from each league getting in. I think that's enough. You're getting the top 33% of each league, the AL and the NL, and I think that's, you know, you want your cream of the crop teams in the playoff. Like, you want teams that have proven that they belong, and expanding that even further just kind of diminishes that. So now I can finish, and if we're talking baseball, I can finish with an 85, 86, 87 game win uh, season and sneak into the playoffs into that sixth spot or whatever it may be, or seventh spot, I think, as they were added, talking about adding two more teams to each league. Um, and that just becomes kind of ridiculous at some point. You're getting half the league in. I don't, it shouldn't be just the top half gets in. It should be, like, the top third. <laughs> like It should be the top tier. Like, I want to see you fight to get in the playoffs. And in baseball in particular, you've had 162 games to prove yourself to get into the playoffs. You don't need to add more teams because now you already have, like, there's a lot of times in baseball, like, you lose, it's like, all right, well, we got 162 games. 162 of these, we'll just try it again tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but you kind of diminish even further the regular season. The baseball's regular season has already diminished so much. And, and then the NFL, you know, you're adding, an, you're talking about adding a 17th game. Well, now that 17th game means even less because you're bringing in an extra playoff team. So it's it just, I don't know. It, it I mean, I guess it's good for the players. It gives them an opportunity to make more money. Um, and I'm sure they'd rather have an extra playoff team so they can say they made it to the playoffs if they're on an average team. But like, it just doesn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah, you hear a lot of players saying, if we're going to add an extra team and stuff like that, then I want an, an extra buy. So we're going to see what comes with that. Yeah, I think that's so coming too. I, I think you add 17 games, you need to get you need to get another buy in there some somehow, some way, especially if you're going to add 17 in another playoff. Yeah, in the next round. Yeah, so you're adding two games there. So that's that would be a bit absurd. Um, and then what was the other thing we said here? Oh, yeah, we covered both of those. The, the Pats. So this is what I'm going to talk a little bit about Tom Brady for just a second because I'm getting bored with it. I just can't. I'm, he did, He becomes an unrestricted free agent, I think, here in the next week or two. I think it's like March 18th, March 20th, something like that. So from what I saw this week, or from what I heard, the Patriots can't offer him until the new CBA is done. So this has kind of been the holdup with Pats and, and Brady and, like, their talk. So right now the Pats are the only one who can talk to Brady, as in, like, here's a contract, like, sign it or whatever. Um, but... Yeah, and, and I was before we just sat down, I saw I saw a Bleacher Report notification that Big Poppy, David Ortiz, was telling the Pats to pay, pay Brady, which, I mean, they absolutely should. Um, but I'm still firmly, I know we talked about this a while ago, I'm still firmly of the belief that I won't believe he goes anywhere but New England until I see it happen. Yeah, yeah, I don't, because it's like all this hype. And then what you see is now everybody, a reporter said this, a reporter said that Bill Belichick had a heated discussion, a reporter said there is like all these reports, how do we even know these are factual? Uh, that's why you know, usually like depend on like Adam Shelfler or Woj for I guess basketball. Yep. But uh, I don't know. I'm kind of like you. It's like we'll see what happens. I guess the teams on the bubble could potentially be uh, the Titans and uh, Chargers. Forty. I've heard Forty Niners. Yeah, I heard that too. Which I think would be crazy. But did you guys see uh, Dana White? No, I didn't no, see, I didn't see pitching, Dana White. Uh, he was on the phone with Brady and he was pitching him to come to the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, I did see and, that. And Brady was that. like responding to him. Yeah, yeah, I've heard funny. the Raiders get bet. I saw the mock-ups of Brady in a Raiders uniform. Dude, they're like the Raiders uniforms are just the best in the NFL. Like, like there's them. the black and the gray, like or the silver. They're they're like color rush all whites with the silver. Yeah, lettering. I love those. 
I, those are my favorite jerseys in football. And I, pro football. I don't even think Brady himself knows. No, yeah, I don't think he has a clue. Go. No, I think this is the first time in his in his career where he's like, "Oh crap!" Like I can. Yeah, and that's what he said to Dana White. He's like, "I haven't done this for twenty years. It's the first time I'm doing it. Like, it's been a lot." He said he's uh, going on vacation for the next week and a half with his family, take some time off, and then I'll. Yes, I think this is like the last, I'm sure when he comes back, he'll be an unrestricted free agent. And it's just, you know, like the thing with Bill Belichick, we just saw that, that came out Wednesday, I think, where they had that heated discussion, quote unquote. Yeah. I, that's probably one of 10 billion heated discussions that the two of them had. I didn't really, I don't really put a lot into that. Like, I'm sure Belichick was like, but also like the thing with Belichick is, Belichick was finally getting rid of him five years ago. Yeah. When he wanted, or I guess three or four years ago now, when he wanted Garoppolo. Like, he was, they, he didn't want to trade Garoppolo. And, and um, oh, oh, Mr. Kraft, Rob Kraft stepped in and said, no, like, we're we're going to trade Jimmy G. Like, we want Brady. We're keeping him. And that, like, Bobby put his foot down there. But I think Belichick was fine with letting him go then. And I think right now, if you ask Belichick and he could get, like, and he could somehow get Jimmy G., from the Niners, yeah, yeah. like, and, and the Niners would get Tom Brady. Like, I think Belichick would take that. Belichick lives while the expression, no strings attached. He's just not really. Uh... All right. Uh, sorry, a little, little interruption there. Produce Brennan had to step out. Kid, uh, he, we're recording, like I said at the top of the show, we're recording at different times. So, Brennan's, Brennan's got, he's got class, I think. So, he got class. We'll see him. But yeah, like, Tom Brady, like, we don't. We'll just see. Like, we'll just see. I'm I'm strongly in the boat. Like, anything with the Patriots, like, don't jump the gun. And it's always jump the gun from every media outlet, wherever. Like, oh, they suck. Like, they're going to be terrible. They want another super. Like, don't, don't jump the gun on them. Um, and I think if they find another quarterback, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they win the Super Bowl next year anyway. Yeah. I mean, they did pretty damn good with Brian Hoyer. Uh, what was that? I don't know. That's been like 10 years ago now. But, yeah, it's... It's a system. Who? It's a system. I, and, like, you trust. And you're asking me if, like, if I were a Pats fan and you straight up ask me right now, who do I want, Belichick or Brady? It's Belichick, 100 times out of 100. Yeah. Like, no offense to Brady. Like, he's the greatest of all time. Like, he's, like, it's it's Belichick. So, pick your poison. I, I'm going to be interested to see how Bob, the most interesting thing about all of this is to see how Bob Kraft handles it. If they don't get him back. Like, if, if Bob is going to be pissed at Belichick, because he has that relationship with Brady, uh, Kraft does. If he's going to be pissed at Belichick or, like, if he's going to be fine with it and they're just going to wish well wishes. And, I don't know, it'll be, it would be strange seeing Belichick in the, uh, without Brady. But it's, the thing is, like, if he goes to the NFC, I don't, like, that would probably be the best received thing from Pats fans. Because now they're not competing, right? They don't want him to go to the Dolphins. They don't want him to go to the Titans. Like, if you're a Pats fan, you, you don't want him to go to anywhere in the AFC, I would think. Um, and, you're, you know, your bigger opponents are locked down. Like, the Ravens, they're, they're stuck with Lamar. Or not stuck with. They're fortunate enough to have Lamar. <laughs> um, and and then you've got Mahomes with the Chiefs. Like, th- those two teams are locked down. And then the Steelers are, you know, doing whatever at Big Ben. Um, I don't. It would be. It would have been interesting to me if the Steelers took a shot at Brady. Yeah, and, yeah. And just, oh God, they would. Roethlisberger would have threw a fit. But. They. Oh my God, they would have hated that. Their biggest fear, I think, is the like uh, fans to go to Gillette Stadium and see Tom Brady on the opposing sideline. It's like, especially was. It's very few times guys get drafted to place to stay their whole entire career and be success, as successful as he's been. Get the rings yeah. he has, and then now he got to play against us, and they know he has that underdog mentality that usually helps them win those big-time games, so they definitely don't want to see him. Yeah, but see, I think that most Pats fan would root strongly for Brady if he went anywhere in the NFC, especially on the West Coast, right? Because it's like, all right, well, you're now doing your thing in a different league, but we don't even play you until, you know, maybe they meet up in the Super Bowl or something. Oh, my God, the media would have... The mic just fell down while we were recording. Uh, (laughs) Ghost in here. Good thing we don't need that, Mike. Um... (laughs) It's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, like you, that would the media would eat it up if if Belichick played Brady in the Super Bowl. I don't think. I mean, there's just an astronomical chance that that happens. But yeah, it's it's whatever. Uh, going, we'll stick with the NFL for just a second. This stuff with Marshawn Lynch, and like, 
so he's supposed to be a speaker at Princeton's graduation week, not at their like commencement ceremony dress. Like he's not giving the graduation address or whatever. Um, and now a few students, a few, I say a few, it might just be one, are like saying that they don't want Marshawn Lynch like doing their graduation week because of his attitude, I guess, or the way he's interacted with media in the past. Um, I don't, I can't say I'm shocked. Yeah. Because it doesn't, like, today, no matter who you get, like, there is going to be blowback from some side and somebody's going to make a huge deal about having whatever person you have because they're controversial because of this, 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 and this. Like, I look at Marshawn Lynch as a, I mean, a pretty successful person. Yeah. You're, you're talking about a guy who he, like, basically endorsed himself with Skittles just yeah. because he brought Skittles to the locker room. <laughs> and then he's done that, and he's, going, he's, like, doubled down. Like, he's a very smart individual. He's someone that people love, like, he, because of his attitude like, across the country and because of his, like, elite playmaking ability. Like, people love Marshawn Lynch. And, I mean, I do, too. Like, I, I would, like, I would be thrilled to have Marshawn Lynch speak to me, like, as a graduate. Like, I graduated in December from USA. I, I have no clue who our graduation committee yeah, was. Yeah, it was some lawyer. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> he was a lawyer who graduated here in, like, the 60s. So... But that's all I can tell you. If we have Marshawn Lynch, I would have remembered every single word he ever said. So, I mean, I think if you're Princeton, the smart move to be would say, you know what, like, and you want to win over some people because you're already an Ivy League school, and if you're an Ivy League school, whether you want to say it or not, like, people already hate you and they think you're snobby and whatnot. Yeah. If you're Princeton, you should just come out and say, screw you, it's one kid, they don't want Marshawn Lynch, but everyone else here wants him, so we're going to have Marshawn Lynch here. Yeah. And then if they don't want to go to the Marshawn Lynch speech, don't go. Yeah, I think it's interesting, That's the, the demographic. Right. I never really, like, it seems like even if, like, you may not think that he's, like, what you wanted to graduate speech or whatever, it's like, he's an interesting You'll person. Inter- That's what I'm saying. Like, you're getting rid of all the boringness. Think about all the boring Princeton people that they could have speak at this. The the just billions and billions of people who have been very successful in their own right. Like, don't, but they are just boring. Yeah. You have Marshawn Lynch come up and throw Skittles at your graduates. Yeah. (laughs) That would be incredible. And if for one time in your life at Princeton, like, you would actually be able to say your school did something very cool and very fun and went a different way versus how everything else is being done, like, for hundreds and hundreds of years. Like, it's the same, you know, similar talks we've had about baseball over the last few weeks where they won't embrace social media. Like, you need old old things, like, old... um, I don't know what I'm looking the word I'm looking for here. Old institutions, yeah, um, to embrace new ideas and like, like having fun and being creative and being interesting. Even if you hate the guy, like if I like I hate I absolutely despise Reggie Bush, and um, it, it's I don't even know why. I just hate the guy. <laughs> I hate Southern Cal. Like I always hated them as a kid, like growing up. Uh, but if Reggie Bush spoke at my commencement ceremony. I would be thrilled because even though I hate him, it's something interesting. Yeah. Like, he has a story, like, in his own, like, he, like, him specifically has a very unique story because he's had Heisman stripped away from him and all. But, like, even if you hate the guy, it's not boring. Like, it's not middle of the road. Like, it's it's either, it's polarizing one way or the other. And I think, like, you, even if you disagree with someone, like, to have them come into your space and, like, give them the opportunity to talk and sit there and say, all right, well, either I double down and hate this guy even more now, or you know what, he kind of changed my opinion on him. At least it evokes some emotion out of you versus just being like, no, nah, let's go with this lawyer who, you know, graduated 10 years ago and he owns a law firm now. Let's have him talk about it. And, like, he's just going to suck Princeton off and do whatever. It's- I thought the cool word you used there was very important. Also, not to mention, like, he's made it, he's become successful through unfortunate, like, circumstances yeah. or not. So you're bringing a different aspect of success or, like, a different way to make it to the top. So I thought it was a great idea. I hope that they double down and I, I do. bring them like, in. You don't see that a lot now. And, I mean, this is kind of, we're going out of sports here for a minute, but, like, you don't see where people, like, now when some controversy comes up with a speaker or anything like this, an endorsement or whatever, companies or institutions tend to, like, back off and say, yeah. oh, okay, he's a problem, we don't want him, we'll go we'll go boring. I want, for once, to see someone double down and say, no, we don't care that you don't want to see him. If you don't want to see him that bad, don't come. Yeah. Like, this is the guy we chose, this is who you're going to get, because he wants to speak and we want him to speak, and we're going to stick by him. I, we're going to stick by our decision. Like, not even necessarily sticking by Marshawn. 
just to stick, if you're Princeton, just to say, no, like, this is who we chose. This is who you're getting. We don't care that you paid us thousands of dollars over the last four years. Or we are going to, we've given you the best education you could have ever received. And if you don't like our decisions, we don't really care. Yeah. So go find someone else to listen to. And if you don't want to graduate with our degree, that's fine. We'll we'll deny you from graduation or whatever. Like if you want to <laughs> we'll take it that it far. Like I just want to see someone have the balls to just step up and say, No, this is our decision and this is what we're going with. Yeah, versus the whole approach. Okay, well y'all it's a problem scandal, whatever case like, okay, let's back down. Yep. Speaking of Marshawns, let's switch to Marshawn Lloyd here, uh, real quick. See that transition? Pretty yeah. good. Um, <laughs> but Marshawn Lloyd has been killing it from what I've heard spring practice. I know Brendan was talking, Brendan just stepped out, but he was telling us before we started the show that he's just seeing a bunch of stuff about, Brendan's been obsessed with Marshawn Lloyd for like two years. Like he loves the kid. He's from Maryland. Brendan's, uh, that's Brendan's what I was thinking, family. Northern guy. Yeah. Brendan's got family from Maryland. Like he's, he knows from a lot of stuff is like a lot of the schools is in Maryland. So he knew DeMath, which DeMath is a big High school for talent anyway. I think Chase Young went there. Like, powerhouse. Yeah, they're a powerhouse anyway. But uh, so Brendan's all over the Marshawn Lloyd beat. But anyway, he's been crushing it from what I heard his practice. What what was the thing with him going up against Jamie Robinson the other day in practice? Yeah, he so saw? they were doing the drill wherever you have your running back, you have the linebacker or a defender, and then you have – well, okay, you have the running back, you have the guy that is be, that's doing the blocking, whether it be another running back, and then you have a, a defensive player that he is blocking and who's also trying to make the tackle. And so Jeremy Robinson was going against Marshawn Lloyd. Marshawn Lloyd did more than holding his own. That's really great to see from a young running back because a lot of times young running backs struggle. Like everybody can – not everybody, but they're pretty instincts. They can run the ball really well, but that blocking thing is usually a problem. And Jeremy's been in the weightlifting program here at South Carolina, and Marshawn just got to campus not too long. I mean – He's been about three, four months, but not as long that as Jeremy's been since there. The end of December. Yeah, exactly. Like beginning of January. So he hasn't been there yet. He can hold his own in pass protection, and that's usually kind of like how receivers. A lot of times, you can't block, you can't get on the field. Yep. That's usually what kind of keeps running backs off the field. Well, as well, even to a further extent, in the offense, you know, we talked about last week with Bobo wants to run this, you know, out of under center offense even more than you normally would. You need a blocking running back. Yeah. So especially if you're gonna play action. Yep. Yeah, so that that could be that could be very important. So it's good to see Marshawn making the waves here, and if he Mar, Marshawn, yeah, yep. Marshawn, it's good to see him making waves here. And now that Tavian's out the way and Rico Dow's out the way, it's whoever's job who wants it. Absolutely. All right, so we'll switch from that. I give a little Marshawn a little shout out. So just want heard he's been doing great. So gives Gamecock fans something to look forward to. I mean, he's probably. Would you say? I would say he's probably the guy I'm most excited to see out of the South Carolina football team this year. Because you're not gonna get Doty, probably not. I yeah. would I would be willing to bet that Doty's riding the bench his freshman year. And I would say ninety eight percent chance. Yeah, I feel pretty strongly on that. But you're gonna see Marshawn Lloyd, and, and you're gonna have Jordan Birch. But I think even more so than Birch, like I'm not concerned with the defensive line here. Like they'll they'll be good no matter what. Like they'll find someone who will step up. Um, like the defense has been pretty good the last couple of years. So or they were pretty good last year, and. I, but I'm excited to see Marshall Lloyd because it gives your offense something you, that it doesn't really have. Like, you've had good, good running back. The running back room was great last year. Yeah. But you haven't had, like, that star running back probably since Lattimore. Yeah. Would you so, say Mike Davis? I, I, would, I wouldn't put Mike Davis on that level. I think Marshawn Lloyd is already bigger than Mike Davis was. Like, and no offense to Mike Davis. He was great in his own right. But Mike Davis had a bunch of problems getting on the field to begin with. Like, I know there was, like, him and Spurrier kind of went back and forth with character things and, and all of those things. I'm sure if you're a Gamecock fan, you've heard about him at some point. If not, there's old articles out there, so go look them up. Uh, it took Mike Davis a while to get on the field. Um, but I think Marshawn Lloyd adds an instant splash if he is what we're already seeing to your offense. That's the guy I'm most excited to see this year on the South Carolina, either, both sides, either side of the ball. Gotcha, yeah. I don't really any defensive players, like you said, besides Birch. Speaking of which, Birch is not on campus, right? No, he's not here. Yeah, because he, he didn't be sign until, on to February. Yeah, that is yeah right. he won't be here until, I guess, May. Yeah. So, uh, probably June because he's, he's in Southern High School. So he won't be here until summer camp. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll flip over to do some NBA talk right right now real quick. Uh, so what – all right, so Mavs-Pelicans game, what was that, Wednesday night? Uh, I think yeah, so. Wednesday yeah, Wednesday night. Wednesday I, night. I'm, like, I mean, I've said it 10,000 times on this show, 10,000 <laughs> other times in my life. I'm not a big NBA guy, but – Brendan keeps me in the loop because he'll he'll flip on the uh, an, an NBA game, and he like every night. So we were watching, or he had on Mavs Pelicans on on TV the other night, and the Mavs won what one twenty seven, one twenty three in OT. Yeah, in overtime. But there's a few things like to point out 
and I know you want to talk about Lonzo because he's been killing it, but Brendan sent me the stat, or sent us the stat this morning. Zion Williamson has 13 straight games of 20 points or more. That's most by a teenager in the NBA of all time, <laughs> and which is crazy. I mean, yeah. so you're getting, like, Pelicans, like Zion's, everything you thought he would be so far. Um, and you have uh, the second or the second highest, the second best is is um, Melo, Kamarlo Anthony, with nine games. So he's more than doubled, you know, the nine games. Uh, so that record will probably stand for at least another 20, 30 years. Yeah, but well, um, freaking nature to come through. And that was in 2004, by the way. Yeah, Melo uh, did that. It's interesting. I always think of with athletes, it's like you want to be in good company. So the fact that you're in that company of Carmelo, then you see you project to see where he end up uh, in his career, and like now as far as being a future Hall of Famer, it's like, okay, young, although uh, Zion missed a lot of games, young, I'm in the right company. Yeah, but Lonzo hit seven threes, and it's crazy how far Lonzo's come in the league because for a while we just didn't know what was going. But LeVar was on the FS1 network. LeVar made his comeback. We just talked. That was so funny. We talked about that the other week we talked about that with uh with with chris right yep um that he uh that we haven't seen lavar in a while and i'll talk about what some of what he said in just a second but go ahead and finish up with uh yeah so lavar was about lonzo for a minute yeah so lavar was saying he just needed a coach to believe in him because it seems like a lot of times him and who was the coach at the uh, Lake at luke that time? Um, walton yeah luke walton he had in this whole spiel yesterday but anyway uh luke walton didn't really believe in him so uh, now it feels like he's in a better system for him. He ended up with 25 points in total. Played 40 minutes. It was a good bit of time. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we got here? Obviously, he works really well with Zion cause, uh, and Brandon Ingram and the rest of the guys because he likes to get guys, put guys in the best position to be successful, and that's what he does. And he has a lot of guys around him that can make plays. Now, this Luke, is, Brendan sent me this before we started. Lonzo Ball is shooting better from three this season than Donovan Mitchell, Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul, Trey Young, James Harden, Devin Booker, LeBron James, Kyle Lowry, Bradley Beal, Anthony Davis, uh, Jokic, Luka Doncic, <coughs> Giannis, Carmelo Anthony, Christoph Porzingis, Lou Williams, and Drew Holiday. It fit, is, this goes to show you, Chris Carter was the first person I heard say it. Uh, that I've been listening to. I mean, but, that's a pretty impressive list. Yeah, fit is everything. It's like if you put somebody in the right position to be successful, it means – but like also you, this same guy, was on the bench. I think at one point wasn't even starting with the Lakers. So that's it right. just matters what system you're in. A lot of people think you can be great in a lot of – but it's like it's very important that you're in a, a really good situation. But the, also I want to say about this game, Mark Cuban has himself a squad. Oh, yeah. Like, if you Hughes like, is the man. I remember. Watch him on Shark Tank like 25 times a week. I, I got to watch that show at some point. You ever watch Shark Tank? Never heard of it. Dude, oh, I've Brendan, heard of it, never watched it. Me and Brendan watched Shark Tank. So we got YouTube TV, or I guess his parents did, and we just use it. Uh, like, this sometime this fall or whatever, December or whatever. Um, we watch Shark Tank, like, I would say four nights a week really? minimum. Like, every. Because it's always on YouTube TV on CNBC. So if you have CNBC on like whatever cable provider you have or satellite, like it is, Shark Tank is always on, and I'm like I love Shark Tank. Cuban's on pretty much every episode. There, I think there's a few here and there where he's not in, but yeah, it's I, Chuck was Charles Barkley was on Shark Tank the other week. Oh, I got to look they at have, this. Now they're doing season eleven. They're on season eleven or whatever, and they're having more pro athletes on form for uh, Maria Sharapova was on an episode the other day. She was pretty good, um, but yeah, like Cubes is the man. He's yeah. he's awesome. Uh, yeah, Shark Tank. I don't know. How have you not seen Shark Tank? I always see it, but I never, like, sit there and watch it. Oh, okay, Shark Tank. It's, and I know that. Dude, you'll love it. Because you you're kind of have that spastic final, like, where you see something, like, you go research it. Yeah. I mean, I'm it's, it's it. just a bunch of different products. And, like, I always get, when I find, like, a cool product in there, I'm, like, Googling immediately. Like, it's it's crazy. It's awesome. You would you would absolutely love that show. Yeah, I'm going to probably watch it over spring break. But, yeah, now, as far as his basketball, between Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. Yeah, Luka Doncic and Kristen Sporzingis. It's like if you look at this team, they have that excitement back in Dallas. Yeah. They really have that excitement back. And they're like almost, I'm not going to say exactly like because that team won the championship. But, like, almost like that Jason Terry and Dirk Nowitzki type days. It's like it's no longer, oh, Dallas game. We should probably just go see the Houston game. It's like, no, Dallas game is a whole event. Uh, and also, Seth Curry he was hitting threes. He had twenty one points in the game. Uh, all right, let's go back. Let's let's backtrack just a second and talk about Levar. So I was going to get to it. So we talked about a couple weeks ago, Chris Lyles, that we haven't seen Levar in a while. Well, he's back, baby. He's back. I think what Tuesday he went on um, Undisputed, your show. Yeah, yeah your your guys with Skip and Shannon. 
don't, know, I don't know how much Skip is your guy, but I'm taking Stephen A. ten times out of ten over Skip. Yeah. Uh, but I wish Skip was back on first take because he's far more interesting than Max Kellerman. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and it's and and uh, Shannon Sharp is just crazy enough to to be. I'm not a big Shannon Sharp guy, but I realized that he's just ridiculously crazy, and I get why people watch him. Yeah. Because uh, he is entertaining to some extent. But so Lavar gets on undisputed. <laughs> says a few things here. Says the Knicks are the best fit for Lamelo. Uh, his the kid that went to didn't go to UCLA, but went to play in New Zealand, right? He went to play. I can't, I think I, he played in the Australian basketball league. Yeah, yeah, he was in Australia. Okay, I was thinking yeah. of the place he went to at first when he started playing pro. Yeah, he went to the Ukraine or something, Lithuania. Lithuania, there you there go. Are, Lithuania. There you go. Lithuania, um, which has pumped out some some basketball talent. In great um, water. We're good. So he says the Knicks are the best fit for Lamelo. I don't Knicks for the worst fit for anyone in the world. Like I don't like. Oh, like, including Spike like, Lee. I don't <laughs> LeBron James even be good at the Knicks. Like that's the way they say stars. Uh, the Knicks are where stars go to die. Yeah, I don't like. I wouldn't. It would not like surprise me if. Well, if I mean this is we're completely talking hypothetical. If LeBron went to the Knicks and just been like, even if LeBron was good every night, the Knicks would still be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because Carmelo was great. It doesn't matter. They could have the best team of all time, and I still think the Knicks being the Knicks would still lose. They screw it up. Yeah, they're they're the they're the Mets. Like they are just the Mets. Like the Mets have had very good seasons in the past. And they have very good players. Like they've got a damn good roster this year, but they're probably gonna win like maybe eighty five games, and they'll miss the play. Like the Braves will win the division, and then the Nationals will get the wild card, and then or you know flip flop between those two, and the, the Mets will be just average. To above good, they'll underproduce, and then it'll be. It's the same with the Knicks. Um, so he says that he says Lamelo's best at the Knicks. Then he said the Pelicans are going to beat the Lakers in six games in the playoffs because Alonzo will be looking for revenge. Um, <laughs> I mean, we just talked about how good Lonzo's doing. There's like, there Lonzo would have to. I like. I don't even know. He, he, there's no way you're beating LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like. Just because Alonzo Alonzo wants revenge, he's not beating LeBron James. Like, LeBron James would torture him in that series. Like, I, I don't know. That's just astronomical. Um, <laughs> I gotta find something to hate on LeBron for here pretty soon because I've been talking nice on on LeBron soon. His Instagram post the other day about him pulling up for, from from uh, from the logo, which I love pulling up from the logo. So I didn't hate that move, but his Instagram post ruined it for me because it was just <laughs> stupid. Uh, it, it was terrible. It was yeah, ridiculous. So there's some LeBron hate for you, but yeah, it's Lonzo's not gonna beat LeBron because he was looking for revenge. Uh, but I'm happy to have Lavar back, just making ridiculous statements because I've tricked. I hated Lavar. I think most of the country hated Lavar yeah. when he started talking, but now I hate him so much that I like him. Like I've just tricked myself into liking him, and now I just find him entertaining and like kind of funny he says outlandish things like he gets his name as a news cycle and media doesn't realize that they're like playing stupid and like playing into this whole thing and like i think there are a few people who kind of realize what's going on above but you're telling me like these reporters that sit down with him and like skip and shannon have they're just dumb enough to think that like this is all real and i mean no offense like they're smart in other ways but they're like oh yeah let's get lavar on like this is a good idea like it's an, it's not a, we shouldn't be giving this guy any media attention but He's like, I don't know. I think LeVar realized that he just has something. He's, I think LeVar, most days, is smarter than whoever he's stepping on to the yeah, set with. And he's proven that just by being there. He's, so, it's, it's ridiculous. If you kind of sit there and think about it, that draft, whenever Lonzo came out, Jason Tatum, I don't know, because Lonzo was a really good player at UCLA. But yeah, guys like Kobe and other experts, like, go get Jason Tatum. But LeVar kind of willing, like, kind of willed his, oh, yeah, his did, son dude. to be the second pick of the draft because it's like, now what happens if you don't take the guy from Los Angeles and he becomes, a, like, a, a monster yep. outside of Los Angeles? And so he just kept throwing that what name What if you became there. Steph Curry, yeah, yeah, like, in two years, and, and now you're the Lakers and he's playing on the East Coast somewhere, and you're like, damn. So he yeah, willed it, and I think, but now LaMelo's so good at this point. It seems like LaMelo's kind of doing it for himself. Yeah, as far yeah, as I think he's, he's actually proven himself to be a legitimate pickup. And, and LaVar did say a long time, because he's like, that's going to be my best son. That's going to be my best son. And once again, with something LaVar said, it's starting to come, to, at least it looks like it's going to come to yeah, fruition. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have LaVar back, just causing some stir in, in the basketball world. Um, we were going to, like, we're, we're going to run short on time, so I'll just quickly skip over this, but the Kendrick Perkins... 
tweeted out something about Giannis and James Harden having beef and him being happy about it because now there's no more of this like buddy buddy stuff like in the <laughs> NBA. I think that's exactly the way he said it. But uh, yeah, I mean that was pretty funny. Like, and that's what you want. Like, you want I like some rivalries in sports. Like. Yeah, and I want guys to hate each other. Yeah, I love sometimes. Like you and the NBA is missing that, and the old guys talk about it all the time. But like, and it's annoying to hear it from them. But it is true. Yeah, like you you get tired of constant. Like, okay, the Bulls uh, back in their day did not like the mm-hmm. Pistons. It's like we like to see that. I don't. There's an entire. 30 for 30, I think there might be two of them, about how everyone hated the Pistons. Yeah. Like, hated, hated. The Lakers did not like the Celtics. It's like these guys go to each other's town, so let's say the Greek, but the Greek freak is a little bit different. He's a little bit more old school, but we're using him for an example. He goes to Houston, he goes, sits down, and eats, eats dinner with James Harden the night before the game. It's like, yeah. no, we do not want this. And so, but essentially what happened was the Greek freak during the All-Star game drafting, he kind of joked that he's not getting James Harden because James Harden doesn't pass the ball. Well, James Harden did not <laughs> I'd appreciate that. <laughs> he says, I oh, average more assists than him, I think. I don't see what the joke is, says Harden. Well, and then I continue. Giannis was not that far off, by the way. I mean, it's, I, I, I mean, thought I it was anyone, well known. Anyone that ever has played with, or anyone that's ever watched a game of basketball that James Harden's playing in knows he's not passing. No, ball. he's going to shoot. Which is, which is fine. I mean, because he's like basically brought the Rockets from nothing just by keeping the yeah, ball and shooting them. He's got to wield them out. So yeah. it's like, and it's well known. It's like what is understood and had to be said. Somebody just put a name onto it. But also then James Harden went on an interview and he was like, uh, every time he plays, he gets double teamed. He feels like he's the best player in the league and he wishes he was just seven, he wishes he was just seven feet tall so he could just dunk on everybody and that takes no skill at all. And when he said that, it was like, okay, so I, I see what, I see what's going on here. So they have a little bit of beef. But yeah, so hopefully, I kind of like it. Yeah, hopefully, they don't go to each other's city and go down and eat dinner and after the game Playoff swap. That would be fun. Yeah. Those, oh those yeah, teams. that'd be great. So I mean, it would be good even if they didn't hate each other. Um, I need it. We need that in sports. We're gonna, we're gonna touch on. We'll touch up on South Carolina basketball real quick. They beat Mississippi State Tuesday night at home. Big one. Eighty-three seventy-one. Keyshawn Bryant, two massive, massive dunks in that game. Every time this kid like plays a game, he has. I mean, just astronomical dunks, and he's starting to get like the love he deserves on social media, because he's been doing this all year. But he dunked on a guy's head the other night. Like, it is, he's taking off from just a ridiculous range. And, like, I mean, he's crazy. I, I hope he stays in South Carolina another year, because if he does and keeps doing this, his notoriety will just skyrocket. Yeah, yeah. Like, he is doing crazy stuff with basketball the last, like, three or four months. It's almost like people around the country who follow dunks I see them, but it seems like a lot of people who right here in South Carolina who met, like students they may not go to all the game they don't really like they're really just waking up and realizing like oh crap like Keyshawn Bryant's having one hell of a year. He's a guy. Yeah, and He's a splash guy like he makes your team interesting and fun and like you need that on your team to like like when you get buzz around you I strongly believe that that will get you into the playoffs. Yeah. Like, if you get if Fans can latch on to a guy, and they have, like, a fun guy on that team to watch. Like, other than being, like, South Carolina is pretty mediocre. Like, <laughs> But you have, I'm just being honest, but you have a guy like Keyshawn Bryant where fans can kind of, like, grab onto, and, like, not just fans of South Carolina, they're going to grab onto him. Like, but fans around the country, like, that'll kind of will your team to be good because they're getting buzz. So, like, I mean, that's something that's very important, and Keyshawn Bryant's like, starting to get some notoriety finally, which is really good. Uh, and they will play, the Gamecocks will play like Vanderbilt week, right? Saturday, 12.30, and they will hope to, speaking of mediocrity, they will hope to finish year 19-12 overall in 11-7 SEC with the win. Yeah, uh, so with Keyshawn at 12 points the other night, senior night for Mike Kotsar, 20 points. Yep. So USC somehow still in NBC, NBC Sports' first four out. I saw that theirs, kinda came, out, theirs came out Thursday morning. Uh, they're 8-10 against the top two quads, but I a quad three and a quad four loss. Their net ranking is sixty four. So they are that is bubble city. Um, what do you think they got to do to uh, make the tourney? Ah, uh, they're gonna have to make a splash. So right now, as it sits, they are fifth in the SEC conference, and they would play Missouri in the first round of the SEC tournament, which starts next Thursday. And we'll talk about that then. Um, and they like they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna have to win. They they got at least. I would think to get to a semifinal. Yeah. And even then, like, you're hoping. Now, if they get to the final, depending on what other bubble teams around the country do, that would probably be enough. But, yeah, right now as it sits, you got Kentucky's already won the SEC regular season championship, so they're going to be the one seed. And then you got Auburn, LSU, who are both 11-5 in the SEC as of Tuesday, I think. 
Yeah. So this this is a, this is a day or two old, but um, Gators at four, and then you just kind of go on from there, and, and like it, it's it's cru- it's crunch time. Like it's been crunch time for the last month. This is South Carolina set themselves up to be in this position where they have to basically win out because they have that quad three and that quad four loss, and they've really failed in that three in that four game stretch where they lost three of four. And they had a big win the other night, and they'll probably beat Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt's the worst team in the SEC this year, which is crazy because, you know, four or five years ago, Vandy had a pretty damn good team. Like, yeah. They had several really good teams there for a while. Um, Unfortunately, though, with how South Carolina plays basketball, these type of situations where they do not perform their best. It's not like this is like the, great, the greatest crunch team. In they'll, the they'll probably play down to Vanderbilt's level. And, and <laughs> like, they, I mean, I hope they don't. Like, they really need to come out and, like, have a big, big night and just win by twenty and just carry some momentum into, into momentum into the tournament. And I like, I don't know. Like they had a really good night Tuesday. Like they looked on. Like they were hitting shots. Like that was a pretty high scoring game. Like I mean, they looked like a basketball team, like yeah. a good basketball team Tuesday night. And we'll see if that good basketball team can keep playing or if we're gonna go back to how it was a few games ago where they just kind of mediocre. Because even in that win streak where they won, like, 7-9 and nine or whatever it was, like, they were, I mean, all their games have been extremely close this yeah. year. Yeah. Which is great. Like, they have never just stepped up. And the other night, Tuesday night, they, they actually did. Like, I mean, they, they had a damn good night shooting. So, I don't, like, I don't know. It's, we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll, flip, we'll flip gears to South Carolina baseball real quick. So they won, I want to mention this quickly, they played Thursday, Tuesday night in Greenville against Furman, 12-inning game, big win for them. Uh, Is Furman a good team? Yeah. Uh, they, so how South Carolina's midseason schedule works, if you don't know, and how this, this is kind of how it works for most most college schools. Um, they'll play, or big, you know, Tier 1, like NCAA, like D1 football, um, D, or D118 football, like FBS, those, those bigger state schools. It's usually... The Tuesday, Wednesday, the midweek games are against in-state opponents. Okay. Um, so they'll play, this year they'll play College Charleston, they'll play Citadel, they've played Winthrop already. Actually, Winthrop might have got rained out. Uh, they'll play USC Upstate or whatever, they'll, you know, Coastal at some point. I'm, I don't think they have Coastal on the schedule. But, you know, usually those, those teams like that, smaller schools in the state, because every school pretty much has a baseball team. Uh, this week they played Furman. Um, really good game Thursday night, or Tuesday night. Uh, but yeah, they they found a way to win, which they need. And right now, it's not looking great because Furman shouldn't be taking you to twelve innings. That's exactly what I heard. It. I was like, Furman took to twelve innings. Yeah, but also College Charleston. Speaking of in-state teams playing playing bigger schools, College which College of Charleston actually has a legitimate like baseball past. Like yeah. they they are you know they are they are a legitimate team in baseball. Uh, and most teams in the Southern Conference are, which is Furman. Like you know, Citadel's good years and every now and then. Uh, Elon has good years every now and then. Um, Richmond, yeah, they kind of suck, but they've got like a decent, like a respectable baseball program. Uh, College Charleston certainly has a respectable baseball program, but they beat Clemson this week. I think like nine, nine to three or something, like a pretty decent win. Clemson was ranked twenty three. I think they stay ranked twenty three through the weekend, and then the new Baseball America or whatever, whoever does the rankings, fifteen teams do the polls, will come out next Monday. Um, but yeah, it's. It, that was big win for College Charleston and tough loss for Clemson coming off the rivalry wins against South Carolina over the weekend. Like that, those are the kind of losses that'll spin your momentum. Yeah. Like when you lose a midweek game, uh, so I don't know who Clemson's playing this weekend. I don't even look. There's one. There's like one more week before we get into some conference play here. And we're gonna find out who, what what team is what. But I saw speaking of coastal, I'm actually wearing. I got I got this uh this this national baseball championships coastal of Carolina. In 2016, so my like I kind of I've always kind of kept up with coastal baseball. My dad had a really good friend um, that he worked with. Like they would you know go to him and they were like uh, my mom and my dad were friends with an older couple. Um, well, I don't want to say older. They're not like old. They they were just like a few years older than them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. The way I said that, they sounded like they were 80. Yeah, no, they're bad. they're definitely not 80. Um, but yeah, a couple that was a few years older than them, and they had you know, small kids at the time, and my, my parents would go to, like, baseball games, like, they, like, when, uh, when their friends would take, you know, go off to the Braves games or something and take their two sons, like, my parents would go with them, you know, and then when I was growing up, um, one of them played baseball at Coastal Carolina, and was a pretty good baseball player, 
So when I was in kindergarten, like first grade, like I went to a bunch of coastal games. So and uh, and, and getting to see Brandon play there, um, and then he went on to play in the minors for a while. And he had pretty few, pretty good, a few pretty good seasons. And then he just never, never made it in the minors. Just one of those guys that got lost in the minors and kind of dipped out and went on about his life. But coastal played. So I'm wearing this national championship shirt just by coincidence. But coastal played NC State Wednesday. And I, I see it on TV, and I was like, oh, man, Coastal's playing NC State. NC State's got, had a really good last few years in baseball. Uh, if you don't know, that's where Ray Tanner came from. Ray Tanner played third base there, and then he coached there for a little while. He was yeah. assistant. And then he came to South Carolina. I flipped it on the fifth inning. NC State was winning 24-7. to seven. <laughs> 24 <laughs> to 7. And, and this is not like Coastal does not suck. Coastal just won a national championship. Four years ago, like they are a really, really good team year in year out, and it's not like they were good one year. I mean, South Carolina had to beat them in the super regionals to win their first national championship, first or second, I think it was their first. Um, and like, this is a legitimate baseball program. By no stretch of the imagination is Coastal some like average school in baseball. No, they, they, they have, have nice facilities too. Yes, they have a legit baseball program at Coastal. Like, if you get a scholarship to go play at Coastal, like that's a really good offer. Um, I was about to say, but they I- got. <laughs> I could, I turned it on. I was like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Well, the fifth inning, they ended week. this game in the seventh inning, just because mercy rule or whatever. I might have been raining. I didn't stick around for the rest of the game since it was twenty-four to seven. <laughs> long but yeah, way from NC that. Ends up uh, twenty-four to seven. Nat- long way from that national championship uh, time. Yeah, Wednesday <laughs> night. Yeah, they were for sure. But I mean, Coach will have a good year this year. Like they're, they always have a good team. They'll get to the tournament, no problem. They'll probably host a regional. Like they're, they're. Great team year in year out. <laughs> I, just, I just couldn't believe it. Turn on the TV. They actually beat. I think. They beat NC State the year that they won the national championship in 2016. They played the Super Regionals in North Carolina. That might have been the regional. In North Carolina, uh, in at NC State, and, and beat NC State to go on and then win the national championship. Oh, wow. So, like, this is, like... I that mean, was an outlier performance. Yeah, sure. it, it, I just couldn't believe that, that North Carolina State scored 24 runs, and they had scored them in five innings. <laughs> which, I, I don't know, like, Vandy scored 30 at some point this year. Like, there have been some... there You get some crazy, crazy baseball scores the early part of the season in college baseball. But, uh, yeah, this was ridiculous. I was about to say, those um, bats were definitely swinging. And, and also, an all-time jersey matchup. Like, NC State has great baseball jerseys. Like... They have they're like a solid red and they don't really they're just red and white so there's no like other color there like their baseball uniforms look legit. And then they have a camo that they usually wear. They'll wear it like midweek games or like Sundays or whatever, just random games. Those are pretty cool jerseys from NC State. And Coastal has great baseball colors, black and this teal color. Yeah, that teal is amazing. Yeah, I mean that works great. Like it looks a little weird on the football field, I think, but on the baseball field it looks fantastic. Yeah. And like on the basketball court too, they look good. Uh, Coastal was playing in like a middle school basketball gym a couple years ago. I think they upgraded. <laughs> so they were that was terrible. But yeah, I, I wanted so. to mention that real quick because that was just that score just shocked me. Um, coronavirus. So this is a bit out of our field of expertise. I'd say coronavirus. We're not doctors. We're not here to tell you to go wash your hands. Well, I mean, wash them if you want to. Don't wash them if you don't want to. I don't care. Please uh, wash them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Matthew will ask you to wash them. So Italy. If you don't know anything about soccer. Uh, how it works in Europe is each country has their own soccer league, or they have a few of them. Kind of like it's kind of like it's similar to how baseball is. There's, you know, there's an A league which is the MLB, and then there's usually like B, C, D leagues which would be minor leagues. But you know, those leagues aren't necessarily like the teams that are in Division like four aren't like a single club where they're affiliated with a bigger club. They're just kind of on their own. There's different levels of professional, and you go up and up and up. So the Italians, like, front-runner league, uh, Serie A, is banning now fans from being in stadiums until April. So they'll play games with empty stadiums at least until April, which is going to be crazy to watch. So the only time I can remember watching a game where there was an empty stadium was when the Orioles played the White Sox, when all the ball, like the Baltimore riots were going on. Yeah. Um, what, what was it, Freddie Gray, was that his name? Like, is that right? I don't know. That would be crazy for me to put. Don't, don't look it up. It's not <laughs> anyway, Baltimore riots are going on a few years ago uh, in, the, in the Orioles, and, like, every the entire city of Baltimore was on lockdown, which is crazy to think about happening in the U.S. But um, Baltimore played uh, the White Sox in an empty stadium in Camden, in Camden Yards. Like, 
just it was crazy. I, I mean, I think their TV ratings were really good that day because people just wanted to tune in and see what it looked like. See what it looked like. It was yeah. ridiculous. I could imagine this literally like the coach. <laughs> I can hear coaches. There ain't nobody out here to impress now. So you like play the game, <laughs> yeah. focus on the game. Dude, it, it looked like a scrimmage. It looked like you were just yeah. watching like scrimmage. Like it was just like. It felt, I remember watching it, and I was like, I feel like the only person in the world watching this right now. Yeah. It's just because there's no one there. And I'm, there were plenty of people tweeting about it and stuff like I saw. Like, I just, you know, like, you sit there, and you just feel like they're only playing this for you, which is a crazy feeling. It's so weird seeing an empty stadium, and they're playing it. And you always hear people be like, act like nobody's here. Like, just focus on the game. It's like, no, literally, just focus on the game. There is no fan chanting your name. No, like, this, we, I guess, all for the love of the game at this point. Yeah. Obviously, it is. I don't, know who, I don't even remember TV. who won that game. It, does, it doesn't matter. But, yeah, Serie A be doing that, but where it affects us. You is, did you see that uh, CJ McCollum said that he is no longer adapting, up, he's no longer signing autographs. He said, Y'all make they, so that's funny you bring that up, yeah, because uh, I didn't I didn't see McCollum bring it up, but I know the NBA has been talking about it. Uh, the NCAA actually banned one conference, banned like the handshake lines at the end of the game, yeah, which is you like the guys are playing a the game, they're sweating on each other, like that's our you're past that point at the end of the game, like don't ban the handshake line, they've been touching each other all game, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, there's serious talk about not allowing people into these conference tournaments, not allowing people, like fans, into the NCAA tournament, which is going to be wild. Um, And then, like, the MLB has, I know several teams have banned uh, players from, like, shaking, doing, like, meet and greets with fans before in spring training, which is a great part about spring training. People love going to spring training games because you can actually talk to the players, like, they're just there training, like, they're chilling out. So, like, it's kind of like um, when they do open practices for the NFL, like, in fall camp or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's, I mean, similar to that, like, but they're banning, a lot of MLB teams are banning that, and guys are going in the dugout, like, signing balls before the games, and they're just flipping them over the fence to fans instead of, like, having a fan hand them a ball and, like, do that. But, yeah, it's 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 definitely changed. Like, it's definitely affecting sports. So, um, I mean, like I said, I don't care if you watch your hands. Matthew wants you to. But you're not. You're probably not. Where I'm, what I'm concerned about is I'm not gonna like. There's no one gonna be in the stadium, and where it really hits me hard is Augusta National, home of the Masters golf, uh, home of the Masters, is saying they're monitoring the situation closely, which means they have got to be seriously thinking about not allowing spectators in, which will just be crazy because the Masters roar is unlike anything else in sport, like. You're you're watching like on TV and you're seeing a guy hit a shot on 15 and you hear like a background roar and you know it's from three holes over and you know it's from someone else like you're watching Tiger on 16 and you hear a roar coming from another hole and it's I don't know Dustin Johnson just hit a crazy shot on 18 and you can't wait for the TV to flip cameras and show you what just happened because of that roar and like this in Augusta yeah you're not gonna there's a chance you don't get that this year which will be crazy. Um, that that would be, but hey, like every take every precaution for this virus, especially is so deadly. Yep. All right. So saw Jake quickly before we wrap up. Saw Jake Bentley talking to the media out in Utah this week. So he's, I, I mean, he's alive now in Utah. This is the first we've seen from him out there. Um, he said it's something different. Yeah. He said oh, he's yeah, looking sure for something is. different, and uh, I wonder as the foot completely like healed, whatever case may be. Yeah, I would think so. I would think that foot was healed a long time ago before they kind of let it out. I don't think that foot was keeping him out all of last season. I think a lot of his decision was, we're going to transfer. So okay. I'll just, I'll just stick. And we'll we'll take extra, extra caution to take care of this foot. I would imagine he's ready to go. Um, I didn't even look at what he said. I just saw him talking to the media. But, oh, do this. I want to shout out. We'll do a shout out to Ben Franks. We had Ben on a couple couple weeks ago. I uh, I need to, I guess I'll retweet this. Um I just retweeted from Old Rose Sports, uh, and they throw up some funny sports stuff every now and then, but they uh, they tweeted a map out of Texas the other day, top four finishes since 1940 in either baseball, basketball, or the, or, I mean, which would mean you make a Final Four, or the AP poll in football. Uh, every school is on this list. Basically, in Texas, you got SMU's in there for they made a Final Four in 1956. They were top four in the AP poll a few times in, in the early 80s. Um, TCU's on here, Baylor's on here, Houston's on here, Rice is on here, Texas Tech is on here, Texas is on here just a bajillion times. They've played plenty of times in the AP top four. They only made a Final Four three times, so uh, since 1940. And they made the College World Series plenty of times with Augie Garrido. Texas AM has not finished in the top four in a major men's sport 
since 1940. All right, well, I don't even, at least since 1940. I don't know how far the research went back to see when Texas a and That is that's, that's crazy. Yeah. I thought at some point they would have made it somewhere. In something. Because <laughs> they have legit baseball teams every now and then. Like, they had a pretty good, I mean, I don't know how they're doing this year. I haven't really paid attention to A&M yet. But I know over the last few years, like, they've had really good baseball teams. Like, they've had decent basketball teams the last few years. The, obviously, football, like. They haven't made a Final Four in, like, in anything since 1994. I, I thought they would have at least gotten to the AP4, Top 4, or something in the last uh, 10 years in football or baseball. And the money and the facilities they have out there at College mm-hmm. Station, like I would expect for them to have been able to buy their way to do something. Yep. Whether it be from having nice facilities or uh, other stuff that the FBI is currently in, uh, investigating the NCAA about now. Yeah, so we usually like to hate on Texas on this show, but we'll hate on Texas A&M today. Um and then, oh, before we get off, Cox Lax. So we talked a little bit of Cox Lax. Brendan stepped out, so I don't have him in here for this. But he told me to say that they're playing number six Georgia Tech this weekend. So I don't know what Friday, Saturday, I, I have no clue. But if you go look, they're at Cox Lacrosse on Twitter. And they'll, they they always tweet out their schedule. Uh, but they're playing Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's number six. Brendan was telling me this is going to be some of their toughest competition of the year. Um, Tech's ranked number six. Cox are still ranked number one. Uh, they're still undefeated. So, big weekend for Cox Lacks. So, throw them a like or retweet on Twitter. Show them support. Um, and, yeah, uh, that'll be – I mean, it's – I went the other week, and I think we talked about it on this podcast. It's, a, like, I'm, I have no – I had never seen a lacrosse stick until I got to college. Like, it's not a thing in the South. But it is very fun to go to. Yeah. Like, they had it, like – and it's very relaxed. Everything's super cool. It's a great time. It's right across the street from Williams Bryce. Like, just go out. It's free. Like, you can't be free, and you can bring drinks or, like, a hot dog. I don't know if you can. I'm just saying that. I did. Like, <laughs> you can bring drinks or a snack or whatever and just go sit out there and basically like, just have a picnic on the sidelines. It's cool. Um, yeah, I was a little bit ahead of the curve because my sister played in high school, and I was like, I was like, right, my high school is predominantly black high school, so you know we wouldn't play in a lacrosse. <laughs> but anyway, I think she started playing in 2013, then she went on to play in college. So I was a little bit ahead Where'd of the curve. Where uh, Columbia College. Okay. Yeah, so she's. So I was a little bit ahead of curve lacrosse, great sport, a little bit violent. She thinks she was a little more violent. Than I, think yeah, I mean, it's ever. like, it's hockey, it's like hockey mixed with soccer on ground. Like, it's fast. Like, yeah. it is a fast, it's like similar to hockey where it is, it is a fast sport. Yeah. And if you can just figure out what's going on, it is in very entertaining. Yeah, more, very like, much so. Especially like, like whenever she was playing, she could beat like twenty six to two. Yeah, it's so. just it's so fast. Everything happens fast, and that's like that's a good thing about it. Like it's nonstop. Like nonstop, you can score any time. Like it's nonstop action. Like even more so than basketball. Like because in basketball, there's a stoppage after every basket. Like I mean, I guess there's in lacrosse too, but you don't score as much. So there's fewer stoppages, but everything just happens so fast. Yeah, definitely an entertaining sport. And last thing, the South Carolina women's basketball, they will play, well, for us it's tomorrow, for y'all it's today. Right. Uh, at noon, uh, trying to get the SEC the women's, women's basketball crown. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's, it's to be determined last time I checked. Okay. The, y'all will know, but we don't know yet. It'll probably. I'm pretty sure it'll come down to the end of this tournament being them versus Mississippi State, who's currently 25 and five, and this is in Greenville, South right, Carolina. Beat they beat Mississippi State what once or twice this year? Like say, just once. I was gonna say once, yeah, because they're in, the, in uh, Columbia. They're in the, uh, in the other West. side of the. There you go. And the game's in Greenville, South Carolina. So if you're listening to this in South Carolina, uh, head down. Oh to yeah, the head up in Greenville. This that's crazy. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that. It's like wow, that's not the like, hour and a half away from here. Yeah, if they don't ban you from coronavirus, head up to Greenville. Yeah. Um, Hopefully I didn't get to But, yeah, so next week will be a little bit different. Um, we're doing – so it's spring break, and Matthew and Brendan are both still students here at South Carolina. So, And Brendan will be out, actually. He's going to work at the Players' uh, it's golf tournament down. And if you, don't anything, if you don't know anything about golf, it's a golf tournament down – big golf tournament down in uh, Buena Vida Beach, uh, which is right outside of Jacksonville. In Florida, Brendan's heading down to work there next week, so he will be he will miss the next two, if not three, episodes. I think probably three. Um, but whenever he gets back, we'll talk about the players and we'll have him tell us what all he did down there. So that'll be that'll be a fun conversation. He'll be our special um, guest. Yeah, and he's done it a few times now, and he's it's always fun for him. Yeah, and it's it's a cool. He always has cool stories he brings back with him. But yeah, and the players be. I mean, players is one of the better tournaments to watch all year. So. If you want to tune in some golf, tune in. If you're wondering when big golf starts, it's it's happening now. Um, they're playing Bay Hill this week, which is Arnold Palmer's course. They start they started yesterday, as you're listening to this. So I'll be tuning into that today over the next few days. But yeah, the players next week. Um, so we'll 
be doing things a little bit different. I don't think it'll make too much difference to the listener on your side. Uh, it shouldn't anyway. We'll still be in the studio. Um, but yeah, it might be, the times might be a little bit different because we still have to get Brendan to edit it and he's working 12 hours a day, 12 to 14 hours a day. Sheesh. So yeah, he, he'll be working his butt off. But yeah, it, um, so the times might be a little bit different. It might get released later than we think or something, but everything should be fine still. Um, and then we'll get into some golf talk next week then. But that's about all we got for today. Uh, thank you to Ben Sound for our music. Thank you for listening. Um, if you would, we would appreciate it very much. Go retweet whenever we tweet out the show links uh, from, from at the lead underscore block on Twitter, Instagram. We're trying to do more with the Instagram. Uh, Matthew's done a pretty good job with that so far. And trying to do more with Twitter. Um, so go follow us. Give us a follow. Leave a comment. Leave a like. You know, rate retweet us. us. Go rate, subscribe, review on Apple Pods. Follow us on Spotify so, you, so it just pops up on your home screen. Uh, right there. Spotify's done a great job kind of transitioning into podcasts. Because I've listened to Spotify podcasts on Spotify for a few years now. And it's much better than it was like two years ago. It's so much easier to listen to. I just right got on Spotify and I swear I'll never go back to Apple. Spotify is everything. Uh, Apple, Spotify. you know, Apple Music or whatever. Yep. Yes, yeah, so I now do it all. And it, I'm it's a big time Spotify user. You've been on it for how long? Years. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, years. You had a curve. Uh, yeah. Um, well, it was, it was kind of big when I first started. But and it's but the podcast has gotten so much better. So we usually tweet out the Spotify link. The, the Apple link to, is always in our Twitter bio. Um, and I usually, I try, I'm trying to tweet that out lately too, uh, along to go with the Spotify link, but yeah, go follow us there. Um, uh, hit us up with any questions, comments, whatever, um, either in our, my Matthews DMs, show DMs, uh, or just comment on our posts, uh, anything you like about the show, don't like about the show, anything you want to talk about, anything you want to discuss, let us know. We will get to it for sure. Um. Other than that, any last words from you, Matthew? No, that's all. All right, well, we will see you, we should see you on Monday. If not, we'll let you know via tweet. Gotcha. This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org.